This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Jake the man, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, DJ? How you doing, buddy? Good, dude. So, man, for anyone who doesn't know this guy, we've known each other for probably 12 or 13 years now, and um, you pretty much, I know for sure you wrapped my hands for my first MMA fight. <laughs> right, right. Like, it back in the, it was in the middle of a field and like a mud ride. Okay. You, okay. I don't know if you remember that, you probably wrapped so many kids' hands, but dude, that was a long time ago. Was that in Alexandria? Yeah. In Colfax. Colfax, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. mud ride. Um, was, the mud ride stuff, that yeah. was really cool. That yeah. was, a, uh, Colfax had an MMA fight, and uh, man, that was off the chain. Uh, people... Side by sides and MMA and it was red man for sure, but it was fun, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was probably right when I started learning how to wrap hands because I studied for a long time. I couldn't do it, and uh, it's funny the story about when I was on Caged in the finale. Yeah. Um, I was wrapping. Uh, I think it was Wes's hands. I was wrapping his hands or trying to. <laughs> I wasn't very good at it, and I dropped the ball. And I had that MTV camera like right on my face, and I messed up. And I dropped the gauze and tape, and I just, I felt like it was such a failure. I didn't realize what art it really was. Yeah. And so I started studying everyone that I get a chance. I'd just sit in and watch, sit in and watch, help, cut tape, second somebody, whatever I could do. And eventually, eventually, I, uh, you know, started to wrap hands. Yeah. So I got, but it took me, I think it took me six years to get it to where I could do it right. So we're, we're going back pretty far. You know? yeah. I could not do it at first. <laughs> it was overwhelming. You know? and, and I pride myself on it now. And uh, I think if anyone knows that's had their hands wrapped by me, pretty damn good at it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely could say that because I, I feel like I believe you wrapped mine another few times too. But I know that, uh, yeah, it's that's an art right there. It's really hard to do. <laughs> it, it takes a while, too. It's some, not something you can rush. It is. And uh, I got to watch House Rap Hands when I went to the UFC with Tony Kelly. Yeah. And I got to watch him and listen to him and see everything he did. And he made such a light rap. And he made that what, what we call armadillo shell over the hand with the tape. And I watched him, and uh, it was a truly an art. But he very minimal supplies. He used just a little bit of tape, just a little bit of gauze, and he nailed it. Really? Yeah, it, it was it was really cool to see a, a professional MMA rap and then a professional boxing rap, two totally different things. I think I can only imagine. I'm sure MMA is a lot, yeah, a lot less and a lot less stiff too. I would think. You know? it, it well, MMA rap usually don't include the thumb. Mm -hmm. Most of the guys like to have their thumb to to use jujitsu. Right. And a boxing wrap will go down the wrist this far, you know, and go around the thumb. It has that massive pad yeah. on there, you know, which, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an art. Yeah, it really is. you got to learn how to do it. I'm, I'm still learning. Well, for those people who don't know you, you um you've been in the boxing game a long time. Your uh, your family was into boxing. Um, it was your dad it was an Olympic boxer, I believe. Yeah. And um, so you've grown up in the sport, and you've been giving back to. I mean, you're super involved in coaching all kind of kids, and I, anything that I know involves fighting, not just boxing, you have something to do with and give support. So it's really awesome to get you on here to talk about all that. Yeah. Well, it's it's a privilege to work with with anyone in boxing or MMA. It's a privilege, and I've gotten the privilege to work with a lot of people. But kids is where my heart's at, and uh, seeing lives change through boxing and through uh, you know pushing someone to be their best is really what boxing and, and martial arts does. It's it teaches people that it's you versus yourself. It's not so much the world around you. It's just you being the best version of you. Yeah. And uh, the elements, the negative elements, the stuff that's trying to bring you down, 
you can focus on your goal and that stuff just it, it can't phase you you know and, and that's what we teach through hard work and and uh, you've been in the gym you know what we're doing in there and it's it's an honor. I was I was born into a family. My grandfather was an advocate for boxing and was the mayor of Bossier. Yeah. And uh, my dad, an Olympian. My, his brothers were boxers, and all my cousins are fighters, and have grown on to be coaches and coached big fighters. And um, so I'm a third generation uh, dement of, of fighting a fighting family that's been locally here in, in Shreveport, Bossier for a long time. I didn't really think that was a cool thing when I was growing up. Right. I did. I was more into other stuff. Yeah. But I loved coaching, and I used to coach uh, soccer. I played soccer. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? I played soccer. I was, I was, a, I was a goalie. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I loved coaching. So all through high school, I coached soccer. But um, as I got older, I went to college, and I started to really like boxing more. And then I started coaching boxing and kind of just veered into that. Yeah. And uh, I trained at Ray Paxson's gym for a little while, and... I was trained by Coach Donnie there, Coach Donnie Jackson, who runs Shreveport Boxing Club now. Okay. And um, it's funny how everyone is connected through the boxing world and through the MMA world. And anyone that's watching this is probably connected through somehow. Yeah. You know, so, um, but it goes on bigger than that. You know, in, in, the, in the 70s, like, there was a, um, a big buzz about my dad because it was a, you know, small hundred and, I don't know, it was a hundred and... 14 pound white kid on the Olympic team yeah. from Bossier City. It was a, they got a lot of attention. Yeah. And um, he did really good. He lost his second fight. It was a single elimination tournament. And uh, he beat a guy from Tunisia and then he lost to a guy from Cuba. But he had really bad damage to his eye and he never got his vision back. And then he got damage to his nose when he tried to come back for the 80 Olympics and he had his nose crushed. And he just, injury after injury. And, uh, but I never really realized how cool that was until yeah. I got older, and I was like, dang, Dad, you're like, and me and Dad and I are best friends. Uh, we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways, and uh, I spent a lot of time with him, and he has an Olympic uh, determination about him, you know, that's, that's contagious. You get around him, you're like, he, he'll set his mind to something, he'll do it, and, uh, you know, that can be intimidating, and that can be, uh, you know, directing at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting, too, because it's pretty awesome that he still comes in the gym today. Like, he gets in there and works out with all these kids that are working out. Like, he's, he's a beast, man. He is, and he's a great example. Like, I get to say, I, I can tell you how to throw a jab. I can show you how to throw a jab. Or I can just point your head to the guy on the back. Yeah. So <laughs> Dad doesn't articulate as a coach. You wouldn't want a coach to. But he'll get out there and show you how to throw a punch. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, He's real big on finding the end of your punch. Like the philosophy of where where your punch stops is where you want to make contact with it, and then adding to that, hitting from the furthest way possible by making yourself as small as target possible. Yeah. And uh, the, the games evolved a little bit from when Dad was fighting. And, and there's a lot of lateral movement in boxing now, like Lomachenko, these angles and swivels and turns, and uh, you know mixed martial arts I've kind of watched that go because I kind of been along for the ride just watching yeah. the, the sport progress um, you know showing MMA guys how to throw punches and not get hit yeah. but at the same time I'm watching them learn all the jiu-jitsu subs and all the all the leg checks and elbows now now that I'm working with pros and we're throwing elbow combinations and it's it's uh, I feel sometimes like it's not my wheelhouse, but I love it, and it's fun, and it's cutting edge, you know, and you're learning, and 
Anyways, I know you like mixed martial arts. You're, you're well, yeah. I mean, I was always more geared. To, I enjoyed boxing better just because I always I hated. I didn't have the patience for the ground. Like I just loved to do the stand-up stuff, and I got to where I was really good at boxing, and then I wanted to. But I didn't want to box. I wanted to do MMA. I guess because right. I was always in the MMA gym, and that's what the thing was, you know, because it was more popular. And that's what we were doing. But I, I felt like I was better boxing than I was just doing all around mixed martial artists. But I love boxing, and I love the, the traditionality of it. And I, the thing is also is that you've been along this whole time as the MMA game has evolved. And you've been helping coach these guys, us, and you know all of us. That you know what's all, some of my ex-training partners, like yeah. you know all these people who are in the UFC now. And then you like Quentin, you were with the Quentin Henry with uh, Bare Knuckle yeah. here a few weeks ago. So like seeing those, you're you're involved in every piece of combat sports now, and it's just insane. And it's it's got to be you know humbling, but also fun. It, it's a lot of fun, and it's a privilege to work with someone like Quentin. Um, it was so easy working with that guy because he's a professional and he, he did everything. He made weight. He he listened to me. He did what I told him. I mean, he 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 knows that he doesn't want to waste my time yeah. and I don't want to waste his time. And when we got together, it was, let's go. Yeah. And we headed off. I've known him for years, but he's always the guy on the other side of the cage. But I'm out yeah, you're always there competing against him. <laughs> I, yeah, with, uh, with Daniel Payne. Yeah, and, uh, that's right, yeah. Um, Nick Jackson, mm-hmm. a handful of guys we've lost to Quentin, but I was on, I was in the corner with Joe and Quentin, and that whole experience was really, really good because it doesn't always go your way. Things don't always go your way. You know, sometimes little hang-ups, little, but it seemed like and leading up to that bare-knuckle fight, things just went our way. It just, you know what I mean? We just kept getting the flip of the coin. Things things looked up for us from, from the beginning to the end to him winning. But the, there was one moment right before we walked out on stage, where, and you could hear the crowd and everything. This is that bare knuckle pay per view, right? Yeah. One moment, the guy before us got canned really bad, and yeah. he was in a stretcher and, and a neck brace, and they wheeled him right by us as we were about to walk out. And I looked, just you know, what do you say to your fighter yeah. when he when he's looking and Joe, his dad is looking? I'm like. Damn it! <laughs> Why did they wheel him right by us? You know, so I said a little prayer and we got out there and God answered my prayer. Uh, shout out to the man upstairs because he did it. He protected us and that was my prayer. I just wanted him to be okay. I didn't yeah. want to see him get hurt. And uh, but I'm a big Johnny Bedford fan. Like, Johnny, he's a good man. Yeah. So I, I mean, as a as a boxer, a boxing fan, I really like his style. Yeah. I mean, I. Um, I pick it apart. I watch it. It's it's fun to watch, and, and I've worked out with him a couple times. And I hit hit pads with him and stuff. And he's a, he's a he's a genius. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to to like um, steps, fakes, feints, combinations, basically stand up. He's I've got to work with some really cool stand up people outside of Shreveport since I've been in the game. Like uh, I mean, some really cool. Uh, different gyms and local, yeah. you know, through through other people. So, Well, on Bare Knuckles, so what's your take on that? So, like, that's something no one really gets to experience. It's so new, right? It you is. know, it's like, what's the experience like, in, you know, comparing a boxing MMA match to that? Well, it was surreal because they they kind of trim the fat of a boxing match. They give you a two minutes of, of scrapping where they put you face-to-face and they don't give you time to breathe. Yeah. So there's not much strategy other than trying to keep your distance and beat the guy to the punch, you know? So it's like, that's the, the big difference. Whereas a boxing ring, uh, evasion is a big part of the game. And in bare knuckle, they're telling you don't, 
don't try to be pretty and slip punches. Yeah. Go into the meat grinder and come out with a trophy. That's yeah. what they want. And uh, I, I noticed that they have like prettier girls. They're yeah. trying to get prettier girls like Rachel Ostovich and those girls to fight that are game. And uh, that's entertainment. They, they're bringing the entertainment side yeah. of it. Because I'll tell you this, I've watched enough boxing and enough MMA to know that both sports can be tremendously boring yeah. and tremendously entertaining. Mm-hmm. On the same yeah. on the same show. On the same you, card. You, yeah. can, you can watch <laughs> all of I've seen a whole card of knockouts. Mm-hmm. I've seen a whole card of of decisions, you know. Uh, and and then I think yeah. I've I've seen a little bit of everything in that case. But I like I I'm still on the fence about the brutality side of it because the cuts, their faces are just trashed. I mean, they're not. Maybe they're not getting the trauma of of a wrapped hand hitting them over and over and over right. for rounds and rounds. And you know, maybe they're not getting the brain damage, but the the cuts and the lacerations and straight up knockouts. Man, those guys are getting knocked out. Dude, it's like, brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> and and you know. You know, shout out to them because I mean that's putting your nuts on the chopping well, That's what I told Quentin. I said, dude, like. You, you said you don't want to make it. I mean, you didn't. You kept saying you didn't make it in MMA, or you didn't have the right, you know, tools or whatever. Or, you know, just wasn't the time. But this is way more brutal. Like to me, it's like holy shit. Like you got more balls doing this because I wouldn't do it. Yeah, like, and, and, no like, and like I'm like truly a Quentin Henry fan. Like I've watched yeah. the fight for years. And when he hooked up with me, uh, we started training out at the lot, which I've been doing stuff out there. And uh, he's, I mean, he's a superstar. Like he he. He plays to the camera well. Yeah. He gets in. The, he, he gets in the character, and he's like really chill. He's like an old farmer, farmer yeah. dude. Like when you hang out, he has goats and chickens. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to him if you're watching. And uh, man, I could shout out a lot of people. Well, dude, I mean, yeah, we have a whole like breed, you know, out of here. You have uh, Tony Kelly, who's man. I fought my first boxing tournament with him, and that's when you were training us. Yeah. Um, with Donnie, and then we got Andrea. She was on that on that same. Um, stint and then also Matt, Danger Snail, like all of us, like, and then everybody else that used to train with us, man, spends a lot of, but all of us have turned to like professional, like, killers. Yeah, even Victoria. Yeah, Victoria too, yeah. Everybody. Then Mano, he was training with us. Hell yes, hell yes. Killers. And there was something in the water back then, I think. You know, we would get together on Saturdays and we would just spar. Sometimes we would kickbox, most of it would box. But MMA guys would come and yep. box against boxers, and we would have open sparring on Saturdays. Saturday morning, beat down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, hate it. Epic, epic. I loved it, but I hated it. That it was it's hard to get up because you knew you were going there, but once you got there, it was great. It was like getting yeah. there was always the hard part for me. I like, love those. I remember we went one time we went out to Southside Martial Arts with uh, Ricky Hutchinson yeah. out in their ring. And everybody got their beat down. You can't run in that ring. It's a small ring, bro. Yeah. Um, but Shreveport Bossier has made an impact in the world of martial arts. And, and, you know, look at Andrea. She's got fans in, you know, overseas. And, yeah. you know, so it, it's cool to, to be a part of that a little bit, a little bit part of the story and uh, see their progression. And I'll say something about Tony Kelly, if any fans are out there watching about Tony uh, He's got to be the most game. Dude. He's got to be the most game. Like, on fight day, he's like, <laughs> I wish you could see this guy on fight day. But you have, I always give the example of you have two types of people that get in a boxing ring. Yeah. You have two types of trained people. You have one guy that gets in the ring and says to himself, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to do my best. That's guy one. Mm-hmm. Then you got guy two. This is Tony. 
I can't wait to show everyone what I'm going to do. Yeah. I can't wait. He's not, I'm going to do my best. And then he's saying, yeah. watch this. Yeah. Hold my beer. I'm <laughs> you know, I remember. That's the mental. I don't know. I haven't seen him prep for a fight in years. It's but amazing. I remember back when we were uh, all competing and he was the most hyped person in the room. Like, fuck the fans. He was hyped, more hyped than them. I remember him running, like, doing laps around, like, outside the ring, like, before we even got just hyped as hell. And I always put on a great show, and, dude. He was always tough. I used to hate, because he dragged, we go to the gym after hours, and, and I'd spar him, and fuck that. He's probably, I guess he fights at 145. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he would whoop my ass, and I'd be 210 pounds, you know, like, but we would throw that, like, I mean, he was always game, dude, and, and always ready to train, and that's all he was ever focused on. But I, it's been great to see him evolve, because I remember when we were both knuckleheads running around hitting people and doing shit we weren't supposed to be doing, you know, and now he's at the elite level competing, and that's really awesome to see that, too. It is, and, and I, when I crossed paths with, with Tony and Matt Chanel, that's really when my, just, people started coming to me more about boxing mm-hmm. for MMA, because I, I worked with those guys, and uh, we're still friends. I still work with those guys. We still train when they come through. Yeah. You know, boxing's different than boxing. Um, training for a boxing match is different than training for an MMA match. And when you're training an MMA fighter how to box, you have to keep in mind that they have knees, kicks, elbows, takedowns, all these other variables. So you have to really trim the fat and say, what are we going to teach this guy? Uh, you know, what are we going to work on? Mm-hmm. What, are we, what are we trying to throw from, from our hands? And what are we trying to do with our head movement and our footwork? So head movement, footwork, and punches, either powerful punches, fake punches, decoys, whatever, they're all a part of mixed martial arts, but it's just a little part. There's all this other shit, all this other stuff y'all got to watch out for. So I commend anyone that's ever done that, because, I mean, anyone that's ever gotten in the ring, hats off to them. Well, it's just exciting to see those guys still showcase their boxing, like Danger's last fight. I mean, it was beautiful. Like, I told him after his fight, I messaged him. You know, and I was like, hey, that shit was beautiful. Like, just the, the way, the combinations you were throwing. Like, um, when he fought that uh, Nam kid, and they said every, he was going to, everyone kept saying that he was going to, like, destroy Danger. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, he, he outboxed that dude. Like, that's what excites me when they get in there and, like, outbox someone or, you know, outstrike someone or outkick someone who may, they say is better than you. Like, yeah, that shit excites yeah. me. Yeah, that was fun watching Andrea fight the Shevchenko. Yes, that one too, dude. Holy shit. That's another example of yes. somebody out beating her with their own, beat her at her own. Yes. That's, she Muay tied the shit dude, out of her. Dude, she did, dude. And she's always been great at that too. And she's like, even the traditional style or the outlaw style, like yeah. Kendrick used to call it, you know, like, but like, that she's always been great at that. And like, that's another thing. Like, just all these people. I was there for a turning point in her career when she won IKF. It was two thousand and I want to say seven, maybe when she went. To, we went to Orlando. It was early in the game. Kendrick, Amir, yeah. and Andrea on the same team went to Orlando, and um, she won. But she had to fight three times to get to the finals. So over the week, she fought and fought and fought, and she got more fans. And when she fought in the when she when she fought in the semifinals. I noticed all the teams were at the ring to watch her. And then when she fought in the finals, of course, everyone was there. But she won the whole place over. She, Of course, she won the whole thing. Yeah. She won the, the big thing. But she made so many fans. It was like teams from Canada, teams from teams from Jamaica. There was teams from all over the world there. So it was cool to see her reel in a bunch of, you know, what she did in that tournament was a Muay Thai tournament. She was fighting in a leg kick rolls Muay Thai, IKF. But she was stepping laterally, throwing spin kicks, throwing boxing punch combinations, 
slipping shots. All those other girls were standing in the yeah, pocket. Yeah. You know, just traditional mood time, not yeah. you know, angles, nothing. Yeah. And she just came out there throwing all this yeah. shit, just full karate techniques. She used to throw a lot of spinning stuff back when she was uh, an amateur. Uh, she, she does it every once in a while, but when she was amateur MMA, she would yeah. be like, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Spin around. <laughs> she did some cool shit, too. Dude, yeah, that's another problem. I mean, everyone, every, I can't, I mean, literally, I'm picking names here, but I mean, not yeah. to, not to, exclude anyone ever seen everyone evolve even these amateurs turning pro like they were starting out when I was three years in with all these other people like Lauren and Mano like Lauren did a beautiful job of boxing the other night dude holy shit I was rooting for him I, I thought that fight could go either way but um, that was a beautiful display of boxing and a lot of heart and five five minute rounds like before this just I was excited about that yeah that was a good fight I didn't complain about the decision I was I understood you know, we didn't get the takedown in the yep. first round. Uh, we looked better on the feet, but David stood right in front of him. He didn't go anywhere, and he didn't run from him, yeah. and he showed him. I mean, it was close. I thought, you know, David, I thought that it, that it showed what Lauren's capable of. Yeah. Um, but go, going back to, to those Saturdays, if you look at, like, Eric Sands and you look at some of, some of the people that were there, that were there, Kendrick, he's doing his own thing yep. over in Texas, and Eric too at Genesis, and they grew out of those Saturdays with us. Like, and uh, you know, uh, there's so many people to name that were there. Robin White, a lot yeah, of those Robin. guys were were there, banging it out with us, and um, and have gone on to be awesome, awesome coaches. You know, so shout out to all the coaches out there that are that are grinding and dealing with the bullshit. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know it sucks. Hang in there, coaches. No one paying. <laughs> chasing down those, yeah, chasing chasing down those dues, yeah. paying those bills, paying those. Well, that, that's another. That's a great point too, because there's so many people who didn't, you know, didn't go and be professional fighters per se full time, but they have gone and be great, excellent coaches. Like like you were saying, like um, Kendrick Eric's been in the corner of some UFC fights. Uh, I think y'all did have together too with Tony and some other people I believe like and that they're great they were great fighters they were great training partners like they, you know Christian Fulgham's another one like he was a great fighter and wanted to be an amazing coach to train with us you know definitely I, I remember training with Christian I trained with Chad Chad, Chad too Chad oh my god yes Chad's a dude I would not like if I knew he was there and we had a spar I was like fuck I don't, yeah. I don't have to spar him today man I god got, I got dented up by him a couple of times he, he, had, he had the power punches dude like, oh my god yeah, he didn't want to box boxing, but I mean, spar boxing gloves. He wanted to always spar with MMA gloves, too. And that, I never got hit by him with MMA gloves. Oh. But, uh, you know, we, we had some good times and great coaches, and and, and the, the fight landscape in this town is looking good. There's a lot of up-and-coming prospects. Uh, if you're a fight fan, and there's a lot of great coaches that are out there right now, you know, I get to work with uh, Chad Eisel and Wayne Knudsen over at SMA. I get to train with those guys sometimes, cross up with them, and then... Um, you know, I'm, I'm also uh, reached out to Mike Braswell and those guys in Bozier, yeah. and, and they come through at our gym, Vinny and all those guys come through, and they work on their boxing. And we've been wanting to do some kickboxing sparring at the lot. So people people are asking me if maybe one night we can start kickboxing yeah, yeah. out there. So I don't really know of a sanctioning body. I'm, I make all of the boxers have to be USA Boxing certified to get out there and spar right. just because. Just, yeah. But kickboxing is kind of like, it's it's a gray area, you know what I mean? Basically, you're on your own. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Right. And insurance-wise, it's like you got to cover your butt. 
But how fun would that be to watch? It would because I mean any any of the MMA guys can spar too, you know. Because I mean, right. like you have to have kickboxing to do MMA. I mean, all you did so you did a few kickboxing matches too back in the day, didn't you? I did one. Okay, and yeah. I got my leg destroyed. Uh, leg kick. It was kicked so bad in the first round. I couldn't check it. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going back, I really wasn't prepared for that type of fight. I was fighting against a guy that was a Muay Thai guy. He knew I was going to be heavy on my front leg when I was boxing. Yeah. And he timed as soon as I as I transferred my weight, he hit that kick, and it was one good kick, and I, I couldn't move it. I couldn't. I was dragging it. You know, mm. I was dragging around, and he landed. They counted two hundred leg kicks. Oh my god, fight. dude! And um, the adrenaline, everything wore off. I started to throw up. I didn't. I didn't give up. But um, my corner at the time was encouraging me to stop. <laughs> they were like, if you want to stop, if there's a Jake, I've never asked anyone to stop, but if you want to, it's okay. Yeah. And what I remember, if you go back and watch this terrible, don't watch the YouTube video because it's on there. <laughs> but you can see the crowd turn their head as the kick lands. Oh. You can see the people in the five, first five rows, every time it lands. They're just, they've had it. Uh, the, yeah. When the crowd can't watch anymore, <laughs> they're, they're, they're ooing the whole time. Uh, so 200 leg kicks and permanent permanent nerve damage right here. So I, I've, I've struggled with it ever since. Working, I couldn't work for two months. My leg yeah. turned purple. It was brutal. But check your leg kicks. That's well, that's another thing that's been, like, super crazy. Um, we saw it in the last card that I commentaried on. Um, it's, and we've seen it in the past two years in MMA. It's the calf kick dude yeah that fucking destroys people and these people I thought, it's just another thing where it's now it's like it's accountability time you made it all the way through your career without checking kicks now you, you have to if you don't you're gonna get fucked you know like it's just it's crazy it's crazy and, and you don't feel their pain when you're watching the fight and the kick when the kick hits their shin yeah. when you're sitting in your chair you don't feel it and you don't see it and sometimes the most minimal contact can be the Dude. most painful yes I watched when I watched Kendrick and those guys do their Muay Thai stuff condition their shins I was like hell no Kendrick um, Kendrick coached has stepped in and coached me a lot um, especially with that last one I did before I hung it up um, and yes like he's one of those guys that's it's just no nonsense. We're here. To, we're here to work out. When we're done, we can bullshit. Before then, we're getting it in. And um, but what, what's always been exciting uh, and that I've always loved about what you're doing is you don't exclude anyone. You let anyone come to your gym and train. Like you don't care. You don't care what who's what gym's got beef with the other gym. Whatever. You always try to support everyone because no. at the end of the day, you're about the big picture. I feel like you know. Definitely. What what is my goal? You know, it's like I said, boxing teaches you to focus on a goal. MMA, you, you have a goal. And my goal doesn't include throwing shade at anybody. Yeah. But it's my program, and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna water that plant, I'm gonna have it the way I want it. I'm gonna weed out the stuff I don't want, and I'm gonna you know. I, I was a volunteer coach for a long time. I carried a lot of spit buckets and dealt with a lot of bullshit. Yeah. You know, I I, um, I I understudied and seconded and learned, and you know. Um, when I got my own program uh, or started a program that we kind of opened up at our gym, it was it was um, a, a good lane for positive stuff. It just seemed like more and more good things were happening, and more, you know. And, and I got Coach Bill Smith who came along, and uh, I've had a couple coaches come and go. I had Jacob Mango for a little while. He was fun yeah. to have around. He was a, a really good coach. That's another dude that used to do game back in the day, yeah, man. Yeah, he was coaching up there for a little while. And, uh, Bill Smith is there. My dad is there now. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't exclude people. I want everyone to to just grow, basically, as a martial artist, get better, and and um, I don't have time for bullshit. I don't, yeah. have, I don't I don't have harbor any bad feelings. I just keep moving towards what my goal is, and uh, people throw shots at me. It just means I'm doing stuff. So you know, I just got to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. If, if someone's saying anything, it's because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Typically, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, usually. So. You know, I put myself out there. I put if, if you get in the ring, you put yourself out there to be criticized. Yeah. If I if I say I'm a boxing coach, I put I put myself out there to be critiqued by everyone. And what I like to encourage is that if you grow, grow on your own. Grow um, in your own way and don't stand on anyone. Don't break someone down. There's a lot of people that come out, they get in the game, and they're like, oh, I'm. I'm better than them, come see me. Yeah. And they push down on other people. And that's negative. That's bad energy. So, you know, it's that is something I would never want to do or be a part of. So, um, encouraging young coaches that are coming up now, there's fighters now that will be coaches yeah. one day, not to get caught up in that because it's just a deterrent to, from your goals. And staying focused on your team and, and staying in your lane. That's what you learn. Yeah, man, it's always one of those things, man. People would just focus on what they need to and keep their shit in line. And, you know, wouldn't have all those issues, but it happens. It's easily, it's easy to get distracted sometimes by the noise. You know what I mean? This it, shit, it's, it's loud sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it does, and social media makes it makes it a little bit different because the way that I deal with people is face to face. Yeah. In business or whatever, if we have business, I have to go see somebody and sit down with them. So I'm not used to someone that's, you know, throwing shots on Facebook. Yeah. I'm not used to that, so I didn't really know how to handle that. Um, as a boxing coach, that happens. And um, there's good and bad uh, experiences that happen along the way for every coach. And there's struggles for all of them. And, and some people um, some people overcome it, and they keep going. And I shout out to – I brought up Donnie Jackson. Yeah. He, uh, he, he does report youth boxing and he has been a mentor to me on the side for years and years and I call him talk to him and he's he was the first person to tell me Jake you should start doing shows mm -hmm. which is in my time here with you I would like to talk about because doing these amateur boxing shows and sparring events gives a platform for all these kids. Well, that's what I want to bring up next. Is like, yeah, let's talk about that because you're doing so much for these young, you know, not to exclude all our old homies and everybody's doing so great at the elite level, but you're doing so much for these kids at the gra grassroots level. And that's exciting because, like, there's so many people locally and abroad that don't know about these programs, you know. Right, right. And there, there's a lot of, you. every city in the United States has a youth boxing program almost. Almost every major city. I say not every city. But um, how can you support them? Some of them are nonprofits. Some of them are schools. There's all different kinds. To be supportive of them uh, is to learn about them and find out what you can do to help those guys out. If you have a small business, a lot of times you can, you know, advertise with a boxing gym just like you do a, a baseball team or a football team. Yeah. These kids need jerseys, they need equipment, they need travel money. Um, but what you have is a bunch of kids focusing on a, a boxing goal and not focused on getting into bullshit. And we already know what's going on in our town and in all the, a lot of places around the United States that the crime is out of control. Shreveport is at the top of the list. The, the crime is fucking out of control. Yeah. So how do you deter that? Well, you start at the bottom, you start with, with the kids, and you, you gotta teach some type of value of life. And boxing teaches you how to respect yourself, respect other people, it teaches you, it, it helps the bully and the bullied. Yeah. Both, both can learn. So 
what I'm trying to do is work with the team of people that we have, um, which is Bill Smith, my dad, the people at the lot, and just and, um, Tim Fitzgerald, Donnie Jackson, those guys that have really put time into see that boxing continues in Shreveport. Because boxing in Shreveport is a big deal, and yeah. fighting in Shreveport is a big deal, but um, not just here, it's like that everywhere. I don't want to exclude anywhere else, because I know this type of stuff happens in other places. Yeah. Well, it's just, <clears throat> it's something, too, that, like, when you brought up baseball, whatever, there's so many people that that's typically, especially here in the South, like, they, they want their kid to play baseball, they want their kid to play football. Well, some kids just don't enjoy that sport. What I love about boxing or any kind of combat sport is that it teaches self-discipline more than a team sport, I think. Because here's the thing with the team sport, and I know this because I really didn't find, find until I got into combat, combat sports around the age of 18, I believe, I didn't ever find a sport I enjoyed. Right. You know, I did track, I did uh, I did long-distance track, I did, um, you know, baseball, football, those things, but I never really had passion for it. I feel like I was doing it because that's what everyone else was doing. And I feel like a lot of kids go into that, and there may be a shadow. Yeah, the really good player gets a lot of attention and may need to get, you know, get what they need out of it, and the really bad player, but though all those people in between, like, they're shadowed, and they could, you know, don't have to be there. They could find something else, and I, I love boxing. I'm always an advocate for that. Or you know any other kind of martial arts a kid can get into, whether jujitsu or whatever, because it's it's a you know it's just a self discipline sport. It's like you know just it's just you in there. You know at the end of the day. Yes, it, it is, and, and the sport weeds itself out. Like people as they go along and get higher and higher up, climb the ladder, yeah. they get less and less. Yeah. And, and you know the odds of making it really far, they're not that they're not that great. No, they're not. And, but. <laughs> You can learn a lot about yourself, and you can be a better person in business. And, and I say life is personified in the ring. You know, there's so many different ways you can look at it. And I, I turn into Mr. Miyagi yeah. when I start thinking about it. But we're just, you know, keeping keeping things moving in the right direction. Getting people to put down their cell phones is, is a hard enough thing. Yeah, it's crazy that that uh, we're and I'm guilty of it. I mean, I have a phone. It's it's full of work stuff and life stuff and it's right there we're all dealing with it but if you can put that phone down get a jump rope you know <laughs> it gets you back in touch I, yeah. I think, I think uh, you know boxing's good for the community we're, we're teaching fighting and a lot of people look at that and, and they think that's you know it's not a good thing but it's also teaching discipline it's teaching you know um, that, that not everyone can do it so a lot of kids when they get into boxing I get a lot of dads that come and they say, hey, my son wants to box. Well, it's because their son imagined themselves getting a trophy and winning a tournament, but they didn't think about the road work and the diet and the sacrifice and the studying tape and the constant drills. And they don't, You don't see that. No. You know what I mean? You just see, oh, they won. And when kids get in there and I hand them a jump rope, the shit gets real. <laughs> they look at me like, they're like, no, no, no. Like, my, my knee's bad. My bad. I'm like, bro, you got to jump. You got to go. This is where it starts. And um, but uh, providing a platform for those people and those kids that are that are training and getting them getting them away from bad elements, crime elements, getting them in the gym. Every boxing gym is full of a leader. There's a leader at every gym, and they're watching out for those kids. They're watching them do different things, and uh, those people need support. Those leaders need support. We need to support them and their programs. Um, so I'm trying to push a whole anti-violence campaign and prove statistically that when you when you teach kids boxing or you know any sport really, they're less a lot less likely to get involved in crime and 
pick up a gun and kill someone or kill himself. Yeah, it's funny too. You bring it up, but it's been proven multiple times is that um, <clears throat> it's good for the bully, one getting bullied and the bully. Because if the bully knows that that person is not going to take no shit, they won't be the aggressor anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can. You can take any any tough kid in any high school in town at any grade at any size can walk into any boxing gym and get humbled. Oh, hell yes, yeah. instantly. It's just like jujitsu. You take you take any kid that thinks he's tough, put him on the mat with a train. Or just yeah. you know, it's gonna happen. Well, I did it. Like I remember, it's funny you brought up the Saturday thing. I remember bringing. Like, my friends would say, and you've seen this a bunch of times, too, especially when we were all so young coming up there. I know you have. Like, bringing your buddies up there that think they're badass yeah. and then let them get in there and spar. Yeah. And they get, like, wasted in the first round. I'm like, yeah, you thought you were badass because you hit someone at a party or something, you know? Like, there, there, on Cage, there was a line where Bree Schnell was working the front desk. It was so funny. She was telling them to to fill out their forms and shit. But she said, and they will kick your ass on your first day here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard because that was the truth. And people were walking in there signing waivers and getting jacked up bad. I mean, people were leaving concussed out of that place. Yeah. And uh, any girls that were coming in there were getting smashed by Andrew. <laughs> she was just waxing them. And uh, man, that was great. Those those are great memories. And uh, you know, I, I'm glad that that everyone's still doing their own thing. And the ones that aren't competing anymore, I wish them all success too. You know, yeah. that were that are. I uh, you know I think about the ones we lost you know three card and Jeremy Moore and yeah man there's been there's been a lot of people that we lost and we're gonna lose more so we gotta take care of each other now while we're alive and we gotta you know just be kind to each other it's not that hard you just be nice it's not that hard no. you know and, and show love and if if you don't have love for someone then just shut the fuck up and don't walk away <laughs> exactly you know, man and then just shut up exactly That's dude like there's so many people out there that has something to say that have absolutely no input or you know don't know anything about it so shut up you know well, no nobody really cares what I think and nobody really cares what you exactly. think everyone's in their own world yeah. so <clears throat> you know I f- I found myself in a privileged position as a leader leading kids and I try to 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 live the example I try, I've you know, I've been working out myself. I train with them and, and uh, try to eat right and, and do and make the right choices and work hard because uh, they're all watching. You yeah. know what I mean? They're all, I'm, I'm, I'm leading right from the front. I'm right up there with them. And I'm thankful for Bill, uh, Coach Bill Smith. And then I have another guy in my gym that's 83 years old, Russell O'Gilby. You might see Yes, him. yes. And he's inspiring. He's inspired, yes. he's inspired my dad to start training again. And my dad was actually training to compete again in the master's division. Really? Before he had a stomach surgery. And he wants to know if he can do it again. He still wants to do it. <laughs> he was, you know, they have a master's division yeah. for older guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have tournaments in Reno. So I wanted to go with him, and both of us get in shape and corner each other, and oh, yeah. be like a father-son thing. Dude, that's just, amazing. Just that, fun. Dude, that'd be great. That was my. That was what we were planning to do, and he has he had a rupture in his lower intestine. He had to get worked on. Okay. So, but he's working on. It. He's he's still training, and uh, Dad's the greatest. He's the funniest, and um, he's at the gym right now, probably. Out there, shadow boxing. Right <laughs> he wears the coolest shit. Like, he wears, like the clothes that he wears, they're so funny. Like sweatpants with shorts over them, yeah. with black socks with his sweatpants tucked in. <laughs> I mean, you've seen it. Yeah, dude. He's like, yeah, it's like, it's like straight out of the sixties, bro. It's badass, though. It really yeah, is. He, cool. Yeah, he he came in the other day. I haven't seen this look in a while. He was rocking a uh, a sleeveless 
some you know experience as well. So it's kind of you know give and take. Yeah, it's really cool to see the fighters from West Monroe and the fighters from Texarkana and from East Texas that pop in. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 had everyone from Steve Jones to to uh, um, to. Chris Anthony, I mean, come in and start working and training, and it's because of that policy, like, hey, man, my door's open. I'm trying to get better and grow. I'm putting myself in a position to be uh, a better boxing coach in the future, and that's what I'm working on, and if people want to get on board with it, that's what I'm doing. And I will not waste my time throwing shade at anyone. No. I, won't, I, won't, I won't give anyone any attention on that. I just have to stay focused on myself. And uh, just understand that that comes with it. It's okay. It's okay. There's all. There's always going to be issues and problems. Just like everyone out there in their career, they've got this these things that are. That it's okay. It's just part of it. You just got to keep going. You know. Um, and uh, I've got a lot more people supporting me and being. You know, encouraging people like Donnie. And, and if you feel like you should encourage anyone, do it. If you get the urge to say something to someone that maybe looks like they're struggling. If you feel like, man, I should pat them on the back or I should give that person a hug, whatever it is, that's my message. You should do it because, I mean, there's no reason people shouldn't be kind to each other. Well, it's one of those things like you have continued to move forward and push forward no matter what adversity this whole time. And people notice that and people slowly get on board with that, right? It just happens organically. If you continue to do the right thing and you have a purpose and you're moving forward, I've seen it in the things that I've been doing the past 10 years. It, they're going to come along, you know, and there's going to be people talking shit. You know, that just it is what it is. But the more you do that, the more you grind them, the more people come along, you know, for the ride. They're here. I, I appreciate you saying that. And what's so cool now is uh, that people that come back, that I, I've, been, I've been a boxing coach since 2010. Yeah. I think 2010, I really just started coaching. So I have people from back then that come back, and some of them have families, and some of them were in grade school, and it's surreal. Yeah. Um, it's surreal. So seeing, you know, being a part of that, the, the whole fight family is, is pretty cool, and uh, I feel a lot of support and love more than anything. Yeah. A lot of support and love, and you know, it's a brutal business because people get hurt and. The, the highs and lows are so extreme. Like when you lose, your it's the end. It yeah. sucks. It's like the, your career, everything is, is is on the frets at that moment when you lose. And when you win, man, you can you can be an Olympic. You can do anything when you're winning. Yeah. But when you lose, you know they say like, be aware of who around you is around you when you lose. Yeah. You look at who's around you when you when you go through a fail or a, um, or someone does you wrong. Just look because. You know, that's that's what friends do. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that it's it's extremely important to highlight that I'm glad you brought that up before we end, is that this is an emotional game, a very high emotional game, and a lot of people can't hang. They think they get in it and they think they can hang and they they can't. The people that do though, the people who are always winning, the people who are always losing are the people that have wins and losses, you know. You don't know what's going through their head, and it's a constant battle. It's crazy. Uh, I have more losses than I do wins, you know, but it's made me who I am as a person. You know, and I think a lot of people, they don't talk about that because they're so embarrassed they lost. I'm like, dude, lose is part of winning. My, my cousin Stevie told me before I fought one time, he said there's about 300 people in the stands watching you fight. Nobody wants to get in there and do that, what no. you're doing, you know what I mean? So that, you getting in there and doing it makes you a part of, you know, a different a different club of people that just yep. got in there and you put your nuts on the chopping block. Now, the more you do it, the more props, the more cred, the more, you know, the, and uh, you learn that way. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm, I give my hats off to anyone that's gotten in there and tried it on any platform, uh, whether jiu-jitsu, MMA, boxing, whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, so. Well, we're good, man. We I have fun. Forever. Yeah, yeah no, we can keep going. We'll do this again soon. Um, I had fun. I appreciate it today, bro. Uh, any last words? Anything you want? Any more plugs you want to throw out there or anything? Um, no, I just wanted to to say thank you to all the people that have supported me over the years and uh, hopefully the best is yet to come. Hell yeah, dude. Well, everyone, please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.